Whether you want to admit it or not, we've all eaten bologna. It could have been in a sandwich when we were in school, fried with eggs in our 20s, or eaten in any number of other ways. My guess is that if you love it, or even if you hate it, there's a special place in your heart for it. It fills your memories of your childhood, it's connected to stories your parents used to tell of when they were young, it's part of your history as it is all of our history. But because of its quote-unquote lowbrow low reputation and commonness, bologna often gets little to no thought. Rarely, rarely excuse me, do we stop and think, why is it spelled B-O-L-O-G-N-A but pronounced bologna? Where did this weird pink meat come from? And what is bologna anyway? I'm Chef Ben, this is Food and Five, and today I'm going to take a slice off the meat log of time as we dig deep into the brief history of bologna. Now to get to the bottom of bologna, we first have to travel back in time almost 2,000 years across the Atlantic Ocean to Italy. Bologna, to be specific. In this region of northern Italy, they have a specialty which they've been making for thousands of years. Mortadella. Now, since ancient times, mortadella has been made in this part of Italy. By the Middle Ages, it had been spread all around Europe, and its popularity was such that at the time, over half the population of Bologna, about 10,000 people, worked in mortadella production in some way. They take it so seriously that in the 1660s, a law was passed against counterfeit mortadella. If you were caught making fake stuff, you would be stretched on a rack three times, fined 200 gold pieces, and all of your product would be destroyed. That's pretty intense. And how did they know it was counterfeit? Well, it was based on the definitions about what mortadella is and isn't laid out by Pope Alexander VII. Interesting. But what does this have to do with bologna? Well, remember how it said um, it had spread, that mortadella had spread throughout Europe? The Germans in particular had developed a taste for it. Not surprising when you look at their other cured meat traditions. Though they loved mortadella, in Europe they couldn't make it outside of Bologna for fear of the consequences. But that was in Europe. And with the first German settlers coming to the New World in the late 17th century came their culinary traditions. No one is exactly sure when, but at some point they decided it was safe to make their own mortadella as they were a world away from Italy. However, their version was a little different, and rather than inciting the Italians and keeping the name, uh, the ever-creative Germans simply named their meat after the town that created it, Bologna. Like its Italian cousin, Bologna is generally made of pork and fat. However, it can also contain beef, chicken, or turkey. And unlike the Italian version, which is studded with cubes of fat, Bologna is, Bologna, excuse me, is smooth and uniform in texture. Now, Bologna had been around for a while, but it really came into its own during the Great Depression. It was cheap, stored well, and was available. This was also around the time that sandwiches had become a big part of the culture. Mechanical slices of bread and meat had just kind of hit the market, which allowed for perfect, um, even sandwiches to be made. What better to put on your sandwich than a thick slice of cheap bologna? Over the next few decades, bologna became a common lunchtime staple for children and working people alike. But around the 90s, with the anti-fat craze, it had earned an unhealthy stigma, and it was associated with being poor, which in the abundance of the 1990s was taboo. Now this led to a decline in bologna consumption, which continued until the economic crisis of the mid-2000s. When the crisis hit, bologna consumption in the U.S. went up over 107%. And since then, the numbers have plateaued, but there seems to be a resurgence in bologna consumption as more and more top chefs, yes, you heard that right, turn to it as the next it ingredient. Now, hearing that top chefs are using bologna as a high-end ingredient might make you scoff a bit. I definitely did when I first heard it. But when you take a look at how the Italians treat mortadella, they stuff it into tortellinis, they whip it into mousse, 
they fry it and serve it with aged balsamic vinegar, it is a high-end ingredient there. So why can't our bologna be treated the same way, with the same care? Maybe not the big name brand stuff, but local artisanal bologna, again, as crazy as it sounds, I know, but it is starting to hit the market. And I believe that we're only just starting to see the potential that bologna has. Oh, and as for the pronunciation of the word bologna, I honestly couldn't find any definite reason as to why we pronounce it the way we do. There's a lot of speculation, but no one really knows. So that's a mystery that shall remain unanswered. Anyway, I'm Chef Ben, this is Food and Five, and this has been a brief history of bologna. You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Chef Ben Kelly and on Facebook at Ben Kelly Cooks. You can like and subscribe to this podcast. You can tell your friends about it. You can share it, whatever you'd like. Thank you, as always, for listening. I'll be back tomorrow with another fantastic episode of Food and Five. And tomorrow we're talking about mastering pho or pho, depending on how you want to pronounce it. Have a great Tuesday, everybody. I'll see you then. Thank you.